This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. What are you doing? This is my show. Um, not today. It's not. It's our show. Great. Hey everyone, I'm Evan. And I'm Lydia. You are listening to That Veteran and His Wife. Every week I interrupt my husband's podcast and we do a special episode together where we discuss the unique challenges veterans and their spouses encounter. Suit up, it might get weird. Hey guys, welcome back to That Veteran and His Wife. I'm Evan. And I'm Lydia, and we're so glad that you have um, decided to join us again. So this is actually the second part of a two-part episode. So if you haven't listened to part one, I would encourage you to go back, listen to that one first, and then come back and finish this one. But other than that, here's part two. We hope you enjoy it. The problem that a lot of uh, military members and veterans and a lot of people in general, but especially veterans deal with is just the treatment of yeah. symptoms and they just keep throwing medicine and pills and whatever else at the symptoms rather than trying to buckle down and find the root cause. And that's not necessarily always the provider's fault. A lot of times the veterans and their families are not honest with the providers or with the the doctors or the therapists or whoever and they can only help as much as they're allowed to help and if you're not honest with them telling them exactly you know what you're experiencing why you're experiencing it things that happened in your past things that you're doing that may be contributing to your problem uh, stuff like that if you're not honest about it they can't help you and they can't, they can't make you open up. And that's one of the problems, again, and I keep saying problem, but it's that's one thing that veterans struggle with is being able to open up because during our time in the military, opening up was always frowned upon because opening up and being honest was always, it was a negative thing. It was like, don't, don't do that, you know, and you just kind of keep stuffing everything down even as a family, you do it. You just stuff everything down. You kind of hide it. And there are groups that you can get into where you discuss, you know, problems, you know, but that's in the military. That's like military wives and military spouses getting together with other active duty military families and having these conversations about struggles they're having. So that's the point we're at in our lives. But as we, you know, fast forward to getting out of the military all of these struggles, all of these things we've dealt with, all the issues, all of the stressors, everything that's been stuffed down is going to start to come out. And now we don't have any of that support system. Now we don't have any of those friends that we made. We don't have any of those resources. We don't have any of the camaraderie. We're in a place, a small town in Oklahoma where everybody knows everybody except mm -hmm. us. Everyone is friends with everyone except us. And we are the outsiders trying to find our way in, dealing with all these issues. And we are 
thousands of miles from family. We have some family nearby, but they were dealing with their own issues at the same time. So they weren't really able to to help us out because we moved here to help them out. So anyway, that that's beside the point. What I'm saying is we, and I'm getting ahead of ourselves in our conversation, but I'm trying to tie it all in. We're, we're explaining, we're not telling you the military was terrible. We had amazing times. Yeah. We had amazing friends. Awesome friends. And again, like I said, I would do it all again. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to change anything. Yeah. It's made us who we are. So I wouldn't want to change anything. What I'm saying is all of this builds up. It's like, you know, those escalators that you or the, the moving sidewalks you walk on at the airport. It's like you get on one of those and you're moving, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving. And your active duty is when you're on the escalator, the, the moving sidewalk, right? And you're just cruising along. You're flying past everybody. You're like, yeah, I got this. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden you come up to the end where the floor is. And that floor is not moving, right? You ever tried to step off one of those when you're not ready? And you just kind of like you stumble. Sometimes you fall and just face plant. Now imagine that moving sidewalks going about 30 miles an hour. Okay. And then all of a sudden you hit that solid ground that's not moving. And you got to get your feet underneath you. Yeah. And it's hard because it just it, it sneaks up on you because so, you're like, I got this. Even if you took off running as fast as you could and tried to hit that solid not moving floor while running, you're not going to be moving fast enough. Your feet cannot move fast enough. Not physically cannot do it. And you're going to you're going to eat dirt or carpet or whatever. <laughs> you're going to face plant. And that's what I feel like getting out of the military is kind of like people make all these preparations and these plans and, and that's good. And it's, it's important to make those plans, but there's so much that you're bringing with you and you've gotten, Mm -hmm. you've gotten going in life just so fast. Well, and it's like, if you think about it, you know, you imagine you're, you're on this, on this moving walkway and, um, and then, or or escalator or whatever but imagine imagine that you know every so every little bit you're you're gathering another piece of baggage you're gra- you're gathering yeah. another piece uh, uh, you know an, another child another child another piece of baggage and 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 I'm not saying like baggage as in like you know you've you've got all this baggage i'm just saying those are layers it, it, you know you are putting on all these layers and then by the time you hit that stopping point not only like you don't just have the weight of yourself you have the weight of everything that you have picked up yeah. along the way 11 years of life yes you know and for us being married it was about 8 years when we got out right um so but for me it was right at 11 but I'm saying together we had about eight years of life built up and we had to go. It's like everybody else in the military is on that moving sidewalk and we jumped off. Yeah. And you come to a complete stop and all of your stuff just kind of goes everywhere and everybody else just keeps on moving. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, and then you're, you're standing there and all these civilians are walking around you. Right. And, because and they're, just they're like, already and I, moving. Yes. They're already, they know where they're going. They've been going the same way for however long. And they're looking at you like, what the heck is wrong with these people? Why are they not? Why is their crap not all together? Like, right. what, what is all? What are all these boxes on the ground? Like, why? What, what is this? Why does this person look like they just stuck their finger in an electrical socket? Like, their hair's everywhere. Like, they, they're yelling at each other. You know, their kids are feral. You know, like, what's going on? Yeah, and then they pull out their cell phones and you start recording. Yeah, they start taking videos. <laughs> Zoo animals. 
so and again that and that's what i'm trying to to the point we're trying to make with telling our story is just there's life happens and in the military it's kind of this microcosm of chaos like everything is just accelerated and amplified and then when you get out it's life is going at such a different speed and it's not saying it's not taking away from civilians or people that haven't been in the military at all i'm just saying it's moving at a different speed and you have to make that transition and that transition is hard yeah and it's hard on everyone so it's hard on me because like my job just changed i wanted to be a marine my whole like for 20 years i wanted to be a marine for 20 years but it came to that point when i knew i was getting out like i'm not doing this anymore i can't do it anymore i'm burned out i'm tired i'm done and by the time he was in that moment of i'm done so okay so so i feel like we skipped like a, a lot of stuff well we did and i'm just you trying know, to no i know yeah. i know so like um so we he he ends up getting orders to 29 Palms, California. You know, nothing can adequately prepare you for living in the middle of the desert. It's a, beautiful, just, it's a beautiful desert. It is a beautiful desert. You can see the snowy mountains. It's still the middle of nowhere. You can see the snowy mountains from 60 miles away. Except for, like, the weird... the, the Just the weird towns around... <laughs> oh, you mean 29 Palms and the... The creepy desert people. Creepy desert <laughs> So anyway, so we get plopped into the middle of nowhere. And and, and 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 not only the middle of nowhere, the hottest middle of nowhere. It's like, welcome to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, if you go to 20, it's a standing joke. I mean, it's just. It literally is. They even it, it so is a standing joke. Let me that. let me tell the the story of Twenty Nine Palms. This is the true story. Okay, the army purchased Twenty Nine Palms back in nineteen forty ish, something like that, around the beginning of World War Two for training. Right? They used it <laughs> for training until they realized it was too hot to train. So they're like, well, the heck with this, this place. Is, this, this place sucks. Waste. Like we're we're not yeah. training here. This place is stupid. Lo and behold, who's standing in the wings just waiting when old army decides they want to throw their old rag in the trash? Here comes the Marine Corps, like, duh, 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 duh. I'll take it. <laughs> and they like force march their dudes over here and occupy twenty nine palms. And they're like, and they get it for like a screaming deal, right? You know, if, if it's like yes. they get it for like a hundred bucks, you know. And the Marine Corps is like, yes, now we have literally hell on earth to train in <laughs> this is the best thing ever this is what we've always watched like, and then like, lo and behold it's the largest marine corps and honest the largest training base in the country um and it, it sucks yeah it's just it's terrible but yeah, and- it, it is i will say it is the best training and probably the most efficient and effective and professional units i've ever been a part of were out in 29 palms because there's nothing to do but train. Yep. And, you know, and you you learn what conditions you actually can handle. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're like, you know, I've endured training. Like, we went to Iraq uh, during the ISIS thing, you know, in 2016. That was my last deployment. And getting there, I mean, going from 29 Palms to Iraq, it was like, I walked off the plane and I was like, did we land back in 29 Palms? Like, this is the same. No, your last deployment was Kuwait. It was 
Iraq and Kuwait. Sorry. Oh, okay. We were in Kuwait for a while, Iraq for a while. I kind of, they all gotcha. get jumbled together. Anyway, so, but again, getting off the plane, it was like the same thing. So that was nice. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm home in the desert again. So okay. anyway. <laughs> so, um, and then, so there's that. So we, so we get, our daughter is two months old. We do a massive cross country move <laughs> to California Honestly, I will say our children handled that beautifully. I mean, it was it was wild. Our children, our two-month-old baby handled that move amazing, amazingly. And um and you know, and during this time, oh, and also you know, we can't forget when <laughs> another another crazy event, you know, giving birth to our oh, daughter. Yeah. I almost died. Like the and and people are like, oh, you almost died. No, I I did. Like no, it was, it, that, and that's a story in and of itself that we can share at another time. But yeah. you know, when you have doctors coming in and telling you to your face, do you understand how serious this was? Do you understand that? Well, they had nurses that I'm pretty sure died. to this day have PTSD it, from it, that yeah. day because she literally, this nurse who was not they a new nurse. They had to send nurse, her home. She went into the room next door and fell on the floor and just sobbed. She couldn't even work after dealing with you know Lydia and the birth and all that um, and the afterbirth effects. So, and we'll share the story sometime, but it's just, and, and, it and, was bad. Yeah, it was bad. And honestly, and I knew I was dying. Like, it's... No, Unless you've actually been there and, and have truly felt that, it's like there's there's a point where it's like you just know. And and I was laying there and and, and I could feel my body sinking. And I was like, uh, and, and when I say sinking, I just mean it's, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I just knew, I knew I was dying. And, um, and... You know, so when when the doctor said, I, you know, I don't think you understand how serious, and it's like, no, I know how serious this is. Like, I know I was dying. Like, I knew it in that moment. Like, I knew it. Um, and 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 so then there was that. We had the trauma that of that that we were dealing with. And you have to understand when we say like trauma, it's not like the world stopped and we had this moment of. Oh man, we just survived this crazy thing. No, 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 no. no. Like no. baby's born, right? I'm holding the baby while all this is going on. Doctors, you know, everything finally gets resolved. Everybody leaves, and then like a couple days later, we go home and act as if like nothing happened. Uh, I mean, it, we had to. Well, and not only that. And then we move shortly, across the country. No, shortly after, like while I'm still in the hospital post birth, um, they discover a blood clot in my leg. And so I'm instantly put on blood thinners. I mean, and, and you think like a blood clot, you're just like, great. You know, that's, that's, you know, a death, you know, trap waiting to happen. So I'm, I'm put on blood thinners and during all of this, we are prepping to move. And I'm in the middle of uh, infantry unit leaders course. Yes. Because our daughter was born on a Friday and I went back to work on Monday. Yeah. So, so no, no baby leave. No, yep. like I'm in the middle of a course again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I basically got the weekend and I was like, Hey, cool. See y'all later. I'm going back to work. And literally like I, I the, she was born on a Friday or a Saturday and I was back to work that following Monday. Yep. Uh, I did not have a single day off of that class. 
and and there I was, um, you know, now at home, um, having to learn how to inject myself with blood thinners because it was an injection type blood thinner. And so I'm having to poke myself every day, multiple times a day and, and, um, you know, taking care of a newborn and taking care of our three sons. So here we are with four kids, four and under, or four kids, five and under, and or four and under. He turned five when we moved to California. In California. In California. Um, You know, so, so there's that. And then, you know, two months after she's born, um, I I never even got to go to my uh, postpartum checkup. Yeah. You know, we were gone <laughs> because we were gone. We moved to um, California and then we show up. Um, and of course, like everything else in the military, you don't have a house right away. Mm-hmm. And so we got stuck in like the military hotel with four kids. Yep. And then we got newborn. we got to rent a house out in town for a month. Woo! And that's another with- story we will not get into today. <laughs> Oh, um, God. oh, he has stories. <laughs> so many stories. So we end up, we finally get a house. We, I immediately leave for training, of course, like leave, leave, as in I'm, I'm going to Yuma, Arizona, and all these other mm-hmm. places. Because apparently 29 Palms, you can't train on the biggest military training base in the country. You have to go somewhere else for training. So leave it to the military to, to farm out training from a training base. So anyway, we... I go there, come back. Uh, Lydia does a great job getting the house set up and we're getting settled in. And then uh, I deployed shortly yeah, thereafter. Yeah. So, so, so you have to understand he leaves for training for Arizona and then we get word that we got a house on base. And so again, I'm having to uh, move us into a house that Evan hasn't seen and <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I came home and I like opened the door. I'm like, Oh, this is, these, these are yeah, nice digs. This is a great place. You know, yeah, cool. <laughs> this is my house. Oh, all right. And it was a house on base. And, um, and, and, and of course we get moved into this house still did not have our household goods. It did not have our household goods yet. So, so we're, we're the kids and I are like sleeping on the floor of this bare home and, um, and then finally get the household goods. I get the house set up, put together, you know, with four little kids. And, um, thankfully, just thankfully I was kind of coming through the end of the tunnel of just my mental health struggles. I mean, I still struggled, but like, I'm telling you that therapy that I went, went through, um, and she utilized, um, uh, what is that called? Like the vibration therapy. Yeah, I can't remember um, what it's called. I can't remember we'll what that's called, but, but which is excellent therapy for, um, veterans and, um, those who suffer from PTSD. But anyway, so, so I had a lot of like, the the tools that I guess you could say like to help myself mentally and um so I get our house set up in um 29 Palms and then um shortly thereafter just a couple months later then he's getting deployed again yep and um but during that time so while he's on deployment he's you know Evan's hit that point where he's like, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah, I was, um, I was done. Well, and also it didn't help that he had received his or what his orders were going to be 
for his reenlistment. Oh yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm gonna reenlist, and they're like, okay, cool, we're gonna send you to SOI West. So you're gonna be an infantry instructor on Camp Pendleton, and I was like, <laughs> deuces, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not doing that again. I had been like, I left SOI in 2015, and they were gonna send me back 2017, like yep. midway through 2015. So like a year and a, a year and a half later, they were mm-hmm. sending me straight back, and I'm like, nope. I ain't doing it. Not doing it again. Nope. You know, and, um, but during that time that he was deployed, I ended up making the best friends. I, you know, I will say like 29 Palms is the middle of the desert and it's awful, but it is amazing for making friends because misery makes company. Yep. And when you're in the middle of nowhere and everything that is worth going to is 30 to 40 minutes away, you... You, you make, make friends, friends very fast. Well, it's and like being in prison. I mean, you just make <laughs> friends because you have to. Like, you can't go anywhere, so you might as well be friends, you know? And and that is honestly where I made some, the most of my lifelong friends. And those women that I became friends with at that time are still, I am still very close to today. One of them is my best friend. I mean, and she, um, they live in Pennsylvania. Now her husband, um... I ended up becoming a recruiter in Pennsylvania and then he got out while they're in Pennsylvania and then they just decided to stay. And so they're in <laughs> Pennsylvania now. And Which um, is funny because it's the town that I grew up in. It's literally the town. Which that is super Evan weird. It was so in. weird. When I found out they were going there, I was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Because that <laughs> of all the places in the country you're going there. Wow. Yeah, right. to be a recruiter. And and which was so awesome because whenever we would go to visit Evan's parents um, I got to see my best friend, yeah. you know, so we got to just like continue that friendship. And so, so he's telling me, you know, I'm ready to get out. I want to get out. And I was like, what? <clears throat> I finally made friends. I finally found my place. Like I finally like, and I'm over here like, I don't care if you just <laughs> uncovered a gold mine. And if I stay in, we can get all the proceeds from the gold mine. I'm leaving this place, this hell hole. I'm done. Okay, he was a lot more gracious. I was, but and in my was, mind, I was I was absolutely burned out mentally and physically. I, like the thought of having to take another PFT, literally made a physical fitness test, literally made me want to throw up. I was yeah. I was I was, and it wasn't just that I don't mind. I didn't mind running. I didn't mind doing. You know, PFTs weren't that hard, but it was the thought of having to do a PFT and a CFT. You know, one in the beginning of the year, one in the second half of the year, every year, and then just the the process just over and over and over everything again, you know, and I was like, I can't do it. I cannot do it. My brain was, I was done. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I know people have been there and they know what I'm talking about when they get to that point when it's like, they're like, well, I, you know, cause people have asked me, why couldn't you just stick it out for nine more years? You know, and you could have retired because I did almost, you know, I did write up almost to 11 years. And I was like, you don't understand. There was nothing left. There was nothing left. And it, and I, I think that was God. Yeah. Um, I think God was telling me it's time to go and we're done. Um, and he had to work on Lydia and prepare her heart because she was not about leaving. Oh, she was I terrified. Was, I was terrified. I mean, but if you think about it, it's like with everything we had been through now, you know, he's talking. It's like I finally felt it honest. I, like I'd hit a point where I finally felt some stability and even and and it's wild because even even though I knew when he reenlisted, it meant going somewhere new. Like I was at a point where I was feeling so much more stable, like mentally and emotionally, and and 
And I had finally, like, I was loving our life in the military. And even though it was wild and we never saw each other, um, <laughs> you know, it was just. So she's getting better mentally. And then I'm like, I'm done. And then getting out begins the spiral yeah. downward of me mentally. Um, so it's just interesting how God works because when she was in the depths mentally, I was doing okay. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I thrived in that stressful environment of SOI and just doing that job. I didn't know. I don't know that I thrived. I just, I did well <laughs> even, because. Even though you were so skinny. Oh, I was, lost yeah. so much weight. I look back at those pictures. I'm like, I don't even remember you being like, that skinny. <laughs> a Holocaust survivor. Like, like, seriously. <clears throat> and, and no joke. No joke. That's how stressful. And and if you look at almost every one of the SOI like instructors you were with, I oh, mean, yeah. all of them. Like you look back at their photos from that time, and everybody was just a thin, thin, stressed out piece of meat. Yeah, wearing camis. <laughs> we're wearing yeah. camis. But then you know, so it, I I had been doing okay, but then you know we decided to get out, and once I get back from deployment, um. It's not very much longer after that that uh, Lydia is moving to Oklahoma uh, to be to start her new job as a teacher at the the school, and I'm left in California by myself. So that's probably one of our worst it, decisions. It, <laughs> it, it, probably, but I don't know that we could have done anything different. Yeah, um, it was it was necessary. It was, um, but it was a. I was absolutely not prepared to be left alone for three months. Well, it only ended up being two. Yeah, that's true. But it was. I thought it was going to be. Well, it was. It was two. Well, because because we we did we had planned on you not necessarily taking your pre my terminal your leave. terminal leave because yeah. we were hoping to just cash it in. Yep. And um, but a month into it, I realized I was not going. I probably wouldn't have survived. <laughs> and that sounds that sounds like I'm exaggerating or I'm being hyperbolic with that language there, but I don't know that I would have if I stayed there much longer by myself because of the the just the alcohol abuse that I was mm -hmm. going through, and I I've never been that close to suicide before, you yeah. know, and 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 I know where that just took a dark turn all of a sudden, but it was that was one of the darkest times of my life was that month that I spent there by myself. It's mostly a blur. Well, yeah. It was, yeah, it was it, it was really like a month and a half, I yeah. think. But cuz I ended up taking the terminal leave and you know, leaving and then getting back with my family and that that helped but only only a little bit. Only temporary. You know, and then and so okay, so when we moved to Oklahoma, we um my sister and her family was living here and um and my sister uh, you know, said we could live with her until uh, live with her family until we found a place. And um, you have to understand, like my to give you a little background, the reason we felt led to go to Oklahoma was because my sister's husband had passed away just a year prior. Um, he passed away from a massive stroke, and um, and so you know she's still reeling from the loss of her husband and everything so there's that that background to give you and um she offers to let us live with her you know while we're looking for our own place to live so 
me, the kids and I moved down around Christmas time and, um, and because my job started in January, my job, job as a teacher started that January. And, um, so I'm living with my sister at this time and I just remember always panicking every time I could not get a hold of Evan. And, and, you know, it's like when I left, I just had this sinking feeling that this was going to be bad. And, um, and I was right. And I can't tell you the number of times that I called my friends in the area and asked them to send their husbands to the house to check on Evan. Um, and, you know, and they did. Um, and I want to say my one friend, um, they and her husband, they were kind of, um, key, um, supporters of Evan just coming down to be with us. Like not, they could see how bad it was. They could see how bad it was and, Um, and and how badly he was doing. And, um, and he he knew it's funny because the guy that the husband, the, the guy who was a Marine, um, he, he understood, he was like, I am horrible by myself. And I would, yeah, he said he would probably be doing the same thing that I had been doing and dealing with it the same way. And, um, just drinking myself to death and he was he was like you need to just go yeah and and that that helped a lot hearing that and you know and then realizing okay yeah i'm not the only one that feels this way but i'm i'm not doing well and i need to go and get this taken care of um and that was the best decision we made and then you know we get to oklahoma and that's another chapter for another episode that we'll start uh next time but (laughs) Hopefully, you know, we're trying to lay the foundation of, you know, we've been there. We've been through it. We've been through a lot, our own unique story. I know everybody else has, again, their own very unique story that we can't understand fully because it wasn't us. But there are aspects of each other's stories that we can understand and we can relate to. And we have to be willing to talk about it. Because if we don't, then everybody feels like they're isolated and they're alone. Yeah. And they feel like, oh, I'm the only, we're the only ones going through this. And I can't say anything because I'm a veteran and I'm supposed to be tough. And my wife can't say anything because if she says something, then it's going to look bad on me. And and it's going to make our family look bad. And she's walking on eggshells because she's trying to deal with all of her emotions and all of her mental struggles and then trying to avoid upsetting me while I'm dealing with mine. So dealing with it as a family is a whole nother dynamic that, and honestly, it's amazing that we're still together. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's just God working in our lives. Absolutely. And because of most, a lot, I don't know if it's most, a lot of marriages don't even last the time in the military, let alone the transition out of the military. Um, and then, well, and, and according to them at SOI, we shouldn't even have survived yeah. SOI, like, which to be fair, uh, if I look back at all the people that got divorced, it was a lot. Um, it was almost everyone. It was except me and, and one other couple. Yeah. I, it was, there was just <laughs> like two of everyone us. else got They're a divorce out of, and that's, out of all of the instructors. And if I, I could name couples. names and I work through it and I'll have to see if I can do that in my head and come up with the percentage, but it was, it was insane. Um, it was wild, but you know, we're still here. 
we're coming up on 14 years in December and you know, we've been through it. We haven't been through everything, but we've been through a lot. And the point of what we're trying to do is just have an open, honest and raw conversation about what we've dealt with and how we dealt with it, whether it was good or bad. Yeah. And then objectively looking at it and saying what we could have done better. Hey, and giving advice like, hey, don't do this. Or <laughs> we did this and it worked for us. It might work for you. Maybe give it a try. We are not the experts. We're not telling you how to do something or what the answer is. The only answer we have is is Jesus. And that's the only answer that we've consistently stuck with. And it, it and that, that's ultimately the answer. And I, you know, and, and, and I, I don't want to say that because like, I'm trying to cram that down your throat. Right. I was just going to say that, you but, know, I'm not, we are not saying that to be like, you know, oh, we're these amazing Christians. You, you know, Jesus did it all. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's you more know, like, it's more of a, uh, like, I'm, I'm clawing at his, uh, hand and he's just, you know, helping me drag me back to him repeatedly. Uh, and it's just it's nothing that we've done right yeah more as much as he's done everything right and been there for us and guided us through it and pulled us out of the the mud and the muck and the stupidity of our own decisions and led us and back there were a and, lot of stupid decisions and, but we we've yeah, <laughs> and we we've made we made that decision when we were dating going yeah. all the way back to the beginning when we were just talking and we said, divorce is not an option. We're not going to get married and have this divorce option as something that we're even going to look at. Yeah. Because if you go into this relationship, if we went into that relationship thinking, well, if I don't, if I fall out of love with this person or if it gets too hard, I'll just leave. That's always there nagging in the back of your mind. So we went into it with the idea of, well, if it sucks, it sucks, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And we're going to figure, we'll it, out figure together. it out. So that, that helped us a lot. And that, you know, that's just another thing that that was part of our upbringing and our, you know, our, our parents had very much the same mindset. And I had, you know, witnessed my parents go through their own struggles. Lydia's parents went through their own struggles. And and I will say that, you know, Evan and I are both very fortunate to um, to come from homes, um, to come from homes where we did not, we do not have parents who have been divorced. You yeah. know, yep. um, his parents are still together. My parents are still together. Um, and so... And, and and we saw that and we both watched. We both watched that dynamic of our parents go through hell and back together and um, in their own struggles, but then remain together. And, and so we went into our marriage saying, we want that. Yeah. You know, we want to go through hell and back together and um, and know that like we're still going to be together at the end of it all. And, um, and I will say also some things that we did and, and we're not trying to turn this into a marriage podcast or anything, but there is going to be marriage things because that's so pivotal in, you know, even in military marriages. Um, I mean, we went into our marriage with, um, with boundaries and, um, boundaries that, that we put in place to protect our marriage and protect, 
you know, each other. And, um, but we won't get into that now. I'm just, um, it was intentional. It was intentional. We didn't, we got married very quickly. We got married in, within three months of meeting or four months, whatever yeah. it was. Either way. Four months. Very yeah. fast. But it, we intentionally discussed these issues and we met them head on and said, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? And we talked about it. We worked through it. And then we went into it head first. We didn't go in. We didn't, we didn't dip our toe in the water and then pull it back out. We just dove in. And it was all or nothing. And... You know, praise God that we had him to fall back on. And that's ultimately why it was, why it is successful. Yeah. It's just what we want to be able to do is tell people all of the times that we have screwed up so you guys can avoid that. Yeah. Or if you've already done that, you can realize you're not the only one. Yeah. And there's grace. There's grace. (laughs) You're not alone. Believe me. I like that. One thing I'm learning is it, there are so many people that have done the exact same thing as us or me. Or, you know, I'm talking to these veterans and I'm like, you ever have these feelings? And they're like, yeah, like every day. Every day. And then I'll talk to another couple. And we're like, do you guys ever go through that? And they're like, yeah, like all the time. And it's everybody feels like they're this island. Yeah. And they're and afraid they're so to they're afraid to reach out and talk to somebody or another couple or because they don't want to look like they're the they're wrong or bad they wear their mask of i'm unaffected i'm you know we're perfectly fine my you know i'm always smiling and i have this perfect life check out my social media everything's perfect sushmeet yeah sushmeet is always you know, on point <laughs> and you know it's like everything's perfect but you know the second you get a peek behind the curtain you realize it is absolutely not perfect and that's what we want to to fight against is just that that perception that life is perfect you know, and that they've got it figured out. And that's not to say that the temptation to leave never came. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my Lanta. Like I, especially when, you know, when Evan was in the deep depths of his struggles um, post-military, um, I, there were so many times where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I am not going to put up with this anymore. I am not going to, I'm not going to put our kids through this. I, you know, and there were so many times where I was like, I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm over it. Like, you know, and, and, and looking back at those moments, it's like, no wonder, you know, no wonder the divorce rate is so high, you know, because it's, you get to a point where you're like, I don't know how to help you anymore. And I feel like the only way, the best way I can help you is to leave and, um, you know, and save the rest of the family. And, um, and there are so many wives and so many spouses who are struggling silently and who are taking on those burdens silently and they are saying, I can't, I, I, I don't know how to help this person that I love so much. 
And, you know, I, I don't know how much more I can take before I break. And, um, and so it's like, I get it. Like I understand. And, um, and so it's, and, and honestly, you know, there were times that I probably should have left, you know, um, and, and just for, for our family's sake. And, um, but I didn't out of worry and fear of shame and, um, having to explain, yeah. <laughs> and expose, expose ourselves and, um, you know, praise the Lord <laughs> again that, you know, we're on the other side of that. And, um, but that is a long uphill battle and, um, you know, and I stand here today or, you know, sit, if we're going to be technical, so I'm sitting, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here today talking, talking to you, um, wife of a veteran, wife of that military member, um, husband of a veteran and, um, wife of a veteran. And yeah. Well, but husbands, husbands can be husbands of veterans too. I'm, I'm talking to the spouses right now. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Way to kill my serious moment there. <laughs> I thought you misspoke. I'm sorry. No. <clears throat> Cause <laughs> there are women in the military too. Right, but I mean, do they really count? Oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> okay, hey, do not get offended. He is being, he's just being rudely sarcastic. Don't get your panties in a wad. <laughs> okay, hush. <laughs> okay, so back to my serious moment that you just like destroyed. Um, <laughs> and he can make those jokes because his sister is in the military. Okay, so he's he's allowed to make those jokes. Um He's, he does them on purpose just to get her, get under, <laughs> get under her skin. And, and my brother's wife was in the military. She's a veteran also. So, yeah. um, anyway, so, um, you know, I'm speaking to you, um, veteran and military spouses. Like I see you, I, I get it. And, um, and we, and I am here to help you walk through it and to help you know that there is hope. Um, and there is grace and there is a person who understands exactly what you're going through. And, um, you know, and Evan is here and he's been talking to the veterans and been showing you all that, um, you know, he gets it. And again, you, you female veterans, like, cause I know there's a bunch of you who follows page two. He was joking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, here we are, two people um, with two different perspectives of the same story. And, um, and having the other perspective, I can tell, I can say that it's really hard to see how much uh, my, you know, Lydia was going through because I was so deep in the depths of it and everything was up so close in front of my face that I couldn't see anything or anybody else around me. And looking back on that and seeing that I realized that she needed a lot more help from the outside than, than I was able to, I mean, I, I couldn't do it cause I was dealing with my own issues 
And had there been a, a resource of other veteran wives out there for her to talk to that have gone through the same thing, it would have been, it could have helped and could have been a lot different because if there had been another veteran that had gone through the same thing that came to me and said, Hey, this is what you're doing to your family. You need to stop. Yeah. That would have helped too. Now, would I have stopped immediately? Probably not. Cause I had, unfortunately, I probably had to find the bottom face first and then, you know, work my way up from there. But had we had those resources or had I known about the resources or found the resources, we could have prevented a lot of it and she could have had the help that she needed and someone to talk to that understood what she was going through. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that's something that doesn't exist. And maybe it does. And I'm, I think I've seen some recently that are there, but it does. It's very minimal. And, you know, and, and I can sit, here and honestly say that you know in all of the times that he was deployed gone for training and all that stuff i never felt more alone than i felt when um having to be the strong one while he was battling post-military and I never felt, and and yet we were living, we, we were with each other more than we had ever been. Mm-hmm. And we, we were, were further apart we than we had ever been. We were together more than we had ever been physically, but there was this wall that I was having to just chip away, and I mean just slowly chip away, and it was like I watched my husband just completely close in on himself. And I felt so alone because I had to pick up all the slack and be essentially be mom and dad to our kids and, um, you know, and take care of our house and everything. Now, granted, that's not to say he didn't have good days. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you had good days. We had good seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times that we had good seasons where it was like, Wow, like, I, I think we're actually coming out of this. And then it's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Um, and um, so so that to say, it's like, even after all we had been through while he was in, it was like when he got out, the battle just began. That was when the true battle began. And... That's what we want to be be here for. And I know, you know, we want to kind of wrap this up. And um, but that's why we decided to add an extra episode each week to Evan's podcast, because we were like, you know, this is necessary. Yeah, this is needed. We had thought about starting a whole separate podcast and we were like, why? You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's speaking to, you know, mostly the same audience. And, um, you know, and those of you who, if you have family who just doesn't get it, who just doesn't understand, like share these episodes with them, Mm -hmm. share these episodes of us talking with them, you know, because it's like a lot of times they are looking from the outside in and there is so much they don't see because there's so much we don't even tell them. There's so much that, um, because for fear of, you know, for fear of what people will think, or say, or, and, and even 
even if you just want to share these episodes just to show them, be like, okay, mm-hmm. here's a great picture of yeah. like what it's like being in the military, you know, and, um, and then the massive changes that you're constantly having to deal with. And then, um, and then all of a sudden you go under a major identity shift and, and, and it's not just the veterans who go through that identity shift. The spouses mm-hmm. do too. It's the whole family. The whole family goes through an identity shift because you go from being a military family. I mean, they even talk about like the military family, the military child, the military spouse, you know, and you go from being from that shift and to all of a sudden you're a nobody. I mean, and you're not a, okay. You're not a nobody. No, it feels like you're it a feels nobody. like you're a nobody. Yeah. And um, that's not to say that you're somebody when you're in the military, but they sure make you feel like you are, yeah. you know, it, I mean, that's the whole way it's designed is, you know, military is designed to make you feel like somebody <laughs> to make you feel like you have a purpose. I mean, that's why they have the, the family readiness, you know, team to, um, to support the wives and, and they do whole banquets and stuff with just the spouses and, and things like that. I mean, it's just, um, a whole system of making you feel like a purpose for a purpose. Like feel like you have this like ultimate purpose and then you get out and you realize like the majority of the civilian world is like, Oh, cool. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And that's it. Like that's, that's literally as good as it gets. Like that's, that's, and you get a free meal at Applebee's on Veterans Day. Like that's, that's, that's about it. And And that's not to say that you get out just expecting all these like accolades and stuff. If you do, you're in for a serious awakening. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, when it's like, what I'm trying to say is you just, you, you suddenly find yourself launched into a completely different world and you don't realize how different it is because you've been so out, out of that world for so long. And it's like even people that do it for, you know, four or five years, they're like, well, it's not that long. Like, right. It's not that long, but it is a complete and total paradigm shift, complete and total shift in every aspect of your life. And then you got to switch back. It's hard. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how it affected, you know, the kids, how it affected Lydia, it affected me, how it affected our marriage, our relationships with our friends, uh, family, kids, jobs, all kinds of stuff. You know, so we're really looking forward to getting into this a lot more. And, uh, you know, so I just thank you for interrupting my show. Yeah, and you're welcome. Stealing the microphone, or at least half the microphone, because we only have one microphone. <laughs> so. If you could see us now, we're just like we're both like practically eating them. No, actually, I mean it, it feels like we're it. leaning yeah. in and you know breathing on each other and talking into the same microphone. So, if only you saw us before, we were like, and just he would pull the microphone towards him, and I would pull it towards me. <laughs> it's just like stop. Tug of war over the microphone. So um, maybe someday we'll be rich and can afford a second microphone. <laughs> Probably not, but anyway. Hey, I mean, we're looking for sponsors, you yeah. know. <laughs> hey, you're always welcome to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> but seriously, uh, though, it's, I mean, we joke about that, but, you know, you don't realize, like, how much goes into just, you know, doing a podcast and, and um, you, you know, there are monthly fees and things like that. And so, um, genuinely, like, if you, if you wanted to support us and sponsor us, I mean, we would be... 
um, thrilled that would help us be able to keep um, keep this going. And um, we could do and, it. We could produce a lot more content if we were able to do it full time. Oh, absolutely. As far as you know, like not having a nine to five job and then having to edit and uh, you know record and post yeah. at midnight when our kids are asleep <laughs> yeah. you know and we're hiding we're doing right now. <laughs> in you know the second story of the house because you know we gotta the kids are too loud during the day and then eventually <laughs> at some point we have to sleep right. but again we love it and we want to help love it. and it's, and regardless we will keep we will yeah. keep doing it whether or not we get sponsorship so like yeah. don't think that we're just gonna like up and quit um yeah. and 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 i did not mean to like bring sponsorships in here i was no. totally joking about that but it's like one no, of those it's, uh, it's, joking but not joking <laughs> it's 100 percent true though because you know the, the quality of content we could produce would definitely you know increase but at the same time uh people have to live life and, exactly you know, and you know, so and, and we're going to we do what that. we can exactly. you know, from here and with what we have. And if God deems it uh, the, you know, his plan and his will for us to do this full time, then we'll do it. Otherwise, we'll keep doing it part time and have fun doing it. Yeah. And but but that's not to say that we don't have big dreams and big goals. And we do because we our heart is so passionate in all of this. And we have such um, a passion for helping veteran families and we just have all these dreams and goals for where this is going to go. Um, but, um, I think it's time for us to, for us to close out yep. and probably time to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, at least <laughs> after this episode. So, yeah, but it's, you know, we love talking with you guys. I hope, you know, you're able to relate to some of the, the stuff that we put out, even if it's just one story or one, you know, one thing that you related to, you know, hopefully it can help you in some way. And, uh, if it does, share it, you know, with your friends and family. If you, you know, if you think that it would help them understand better what it was like being in the military and just different things that we experienced, uh, you know, just share it with them and yeah. you know encourage them to listen to. It. I know it's long, but you know maybe they can at least listen to it a little bit at a time or whatever. And you know, just hopefully, you know, just get the word out that we're trying to go into a space that it doesn't seem like too many people have gone yet. So yeah. Your, your shares and your uh, your promotion would definitely help. So yeah. that being said. Yeah. <laughs> I guess time to sign off or whatever yep. so, what is, whatever you say. I don't know. I, I, I don't really have <laughs> a special out. site. Yeah. Uh, we'll see <laughs> we'll, you later, I guess. We'll I don't talk to you later. <laughs> but Maybe seriously. We'll come up with a creative. Yeah, we'll come up with a, <laughs> something. But anyway. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you guys next episode next week. So you guys have a great week. We love you guys. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more content like this, don't forget to subscribe. And please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Love you guys.